Father, I thank you, God, for this day. I thank you, God, that you are able, God, to touch people's lives. And I thank you, Father God, that you are going to move in this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Warren. I appreciate it. I'll call you one when we're done. All right, Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. Turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. It says this in the message translation. It says, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. In him being Jesus. I'll read that again. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 16 in the message translation, it says, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Now, it's not a surprise to many, and if it's a surprise to you, today is Super Bowl Sunday. Come on, somebody. How many excited about Super Bowl Sunday? Now, I am from Chicago, so I love the Chicago Bears, right? So, obviously, they didn't make it. But, since I am a Floridian now... I am happy to know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl, but probably the greatest of all time quarterback, Tom Brady. Amen. How many excited about that? In fact, why don't we give Jesus some praise for that? Amen. And so today's message is called Game Changer. Everybody say Game Changer. And so... If you don't know what game changer means, it refers to an individual that significantly alters the way things are done as a whole. I'll say that again. A game changer refers to an individual or an organization that significantly alters the way things are or done as a whole. You know, when I first uh, began to serve Jesus, the truth is, before I served Jesus, I was, I was not a saint, right? I was, you know, I grew up in the hood in, in Chicago. It, it was, in fact, one of the worst neighborhoods at the time in Chicago. And so uh, I shared this, my, my, my testimony on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, you should have seen the look on their faces because I don't look like my testimony, right? Because Jesus does a great job. But before I gave my life to Jesus, I wanted to be... The Puerto Rican version of Al Capone. Does anybody know who Al Capone is? Yeah? Yeah, so that was my vision, right? That was my purpose goal in life. I wanted to run Chicago, and I was pretty crazy at the time to be able to accomplish that, right? Or I thought I was able to accomplish that. And so another vision of mine was to uh, kill somebody just to see how it felt. Right? Now, I know you're probably looking at me and you're lying. I, I'm not. I wish I was. It's a little embarrassing to have that kind of desire, but that's how, that's how I was. Right? And I don't know where I got that from. I don't know if I got it from movies. I don't know if I got it from friends. I don't know if I got it from my brother's friends. I don't know where I got that kind of mentality. But that was my passion, if you believe it or not. Right? But thank God somebody told me about Jesus Christ. And I learned about Jesus Christ at an early age. Because if I did it, if they would if if the devil would have had a few more years with me, I think I probably would have came close to that vision. But when somebody told me about Jesus Christ, 
It was a game changer. It literally altered everything in my life. And if you don't know anything about my background, let me tell you, my family is hardcore Pentecostals. And if you don't know what that means, that means I went to some prayer meetings I, that I felt was a little weird. Now, if you don't know what weird Pentecostals, some of you know, so have, probably have been to, to some weird churches. Raise up your hand if you've ever been to some weird churches and see some weird stuff and you probably heard some weird stuff. So I didn't want no part of that, right? I thought it was weird. In fact, it got, it got me a little nervous. It got me a little... Uh, a little crazy, you know, uh, thinking that it was crazy. In fact, it was one time in a prayer meeting that I was holding my mom's hand and all this stuff was happening. And what, what I began to do, because, you know, what I thought, my mom started tripping in the prayer meeting, right? So I said, Matt, mom, you're tripping. And so she started like speaking in tongues and all that stuff. And so that started getting me nervous and I started getting afraid. And so what I did, it's not, I didn't let go of her hand. I began to squeeze her hand because I wanted her to stop. Right? But when I gave my life to Jesus, I went to one of those prayer meetings because when I gave my life to Jesus, I really didn't realize that giving your life to Jesus was literally going to change the way my life went. So I was still tripping. I, I gave my life to God, but I was still hanging around with, with, with women. I was still getting high. I was still getting drunk. But for some reason... It didn't feel the same. I all of a sudden began to feel bad because I was doing certain things that God wasn't pleased with. And so one day I walked inside of a prayer meeting. My grandmother was there, I believe. My mom was there. And all of a sudden the presence of God hit my life. And it was the same kind of prayer meeting that I was embarrassed of and afraid of when I wasn't saved. But this time, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't afraid. The presence of God hit me like a ton of bricks. Has anybody ever experienced the Holy Spirit ever hit you like a ton of bricks? My friend, when that happens inside of your life, it's a game changer. It's an absolute game changer. That's what happens when you encounter Jesus Christ. The other thing that happens when you encounter Jesus Christ, if you begin to search for him and begin to look for him, you begin to find a purpose for your life. Right before I gave my life to Jesus, I had no desire to do what I'm doing right now. Had no desire. I was afraid to get in front of people. I didn't know how to communicate the Bible. In fact, I didn't even know, I didn't understand the Bible. But here I am, almost 22 years later, doing something that I never planned in my life to do. Why? Because when you receive Jesus Christ inside of your life, you receive his purpose for your life. Let me read you some quotes real quick so that I can emphasize the importance of the purpose inside of your life. Because once you find the purpose for your life, my friend, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Mark Twain said this, the two most important days of your life are the days you are born, is the day that you are born, and the day you find out why. The day you are born and the day you find out why are the two most important days of your life. Watch this, the greatest tragedy isn't death, 
It is a life without purpose. It's not a tragedy when somebody dies. The tragedy is how did they live their life? That's the tragedy. You know, when Billy Graham died, that wasn't a tra tragedy. If you don't know who Billy Graham is, he was one of the greatest evangelists. He, he preached to thousands upon thousands, maybe even millions of people, and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And so when he passed away, it wasn't a tragedy. It was a triumph. It was a victory. Why? Because the way he lived his life. Let me ask you, let me ask you a question tonight. How are you living your life? Miles Moreau says this, when, when purpose isn't known, abuse is inevitable. When purpose is unknown, abuse is bound to happen. This is why so many people, they find their purpose in getting high, in getting drunk, and not even that. Some people find their purpose in a job, but none of that stuff is ever going to fulfill us. Why? Because our purpose can only be found in Jesus. And we're going to talk more about that later on. But there are a few things real quick that I want to talk about. A few things that we need to know about purpose. Number one, you have to understand that you are not an accident. You are not an accident. There are many children that are unplanned by their parents, but they are not unplanned by God. You know, one day, I was actually going to uh, go to what they call an urban training center in California, and there was a prayer meeting, and also, in that prayer meeting, there was also basically a party for, to, to wish me well going to California for this training center. And unbeknownst to me, my mom began to talk. And she began to say stuff that I had no clue happened. Have you ever been in a situation, an awkward situation, where you begin to find out information in a room full of people that you did not know all your life? If that's ever happened to you, lift up your hands right here. Come on now. Nobody? It has. You just can't remember right now. So here's my mom. She's crying and stuff like that. And she begins to share with everybody in the room that she didn't want me. That, that I was unplanned and that, in fact... She may have tried to abort me, not by going to the hospital, on her own. Now, it's a beautiful thing, right? You're like, oh my God, he's a miracle. I didn't know that, ever. It took 19 years for me to understand that and figure that out, right? But even though I wasn't planned to my mother, and even though she tried, whatever she tried, to stop the pregnancy, it was God's plan for me to be in this earth. I still am not an accident to God. You might have the same story. You may have the same story where your mom says, I never wanted you. I didn't plan you. And maybe you may not have a good relationship with your parents because of that. But my friend, even though you were an accident to your parents, you are still not an accident to God, even though your parents didn't think you would have a purpose, to God, you still have a purpose. Can somebody say amen? amen? Don't ever make the mistake of telling God you have nothing to offer. 
Don't ever make the mistake of telling God you have nothing to offer. Because that can't be true because God doesn't make mistakes. God does not make junk. There is something inside of you that God has placed inside of you so that you can impact the people around you. You may think it's insignificant. You may think that nobody cares, but my friend, the best things come out. And the most impact happens when the very person thought that, man, this is insignificant. The people that thought that the most are the most, sometimes the most people that make the most impact because they thought that little of themselves. God doesn't make mistakes. You have a purpose and a reason to live. You know, there's a lot of people, you know, one of the biggest pandemics during this pandemic is not really the COVID-19 pandemic, is anxiety and depression. It's a huge pandemic. There are more people depressed and more people anxious and more people having panic attacks than ever before because of the pandemic. So there's a pandemic within the pandemic. But can I tell you something, my friend? That when you find your purpose in Jesus Christ, you have nothing to fear. Why? Because you know that he is in control of absolutely everything. Can somebody say amen? amen. The next thing you have to find out is your purpose is only found in God, regardless of the self-help books and what they say. Look what the Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 says. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. For long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had our, his eyes on us had designs on us for glorious living, for glorious living. You know, so many times, uh, many people in the world, they try to find their purpose without trying to find it in God, right? Many people, how many know people that try to find their purpose and they try to ditch having a relationship with God? Come on, we all know somebody like that, right? And, you know, I was thinking of a way to communicate this and uh, I Googled it, right, and I found this, and I thought at first it was dumb. This is a dumb illustration. People are not going to understand this, but I chose to do it anyway, so bear with me, okay? So everybody knows what this is, right? It's a glove. Right? Everybody say, it's a glove. And so, um, you know, this is how it is with, with the purposes of God, right? We were like, you know, the only way, the purpose of this glove is to put it on so that you don't mess up your hands. Right? This is a workout glove, right? If you ever worked out with weights and stuff like that, if you don't wear gloves, you're going to mess up your hands, especially the heavier it gets, right? The more heavier it gets, the more, you know, you begin to have, like, scrapes, and you begin to have these little bumps that, you know, you begin to play with while you're watching TV because they're there, but those happen because you were lifting some heavy weight and it messed up your hands, right? But if you're, like, you know, you look at this glove and you're like, man, I want to use your life. Um, so how, how, how am I able to use your life? And so sometimes you're like, okay, glove, get on. Just, just jump out. Go ahead. Get on my hand. Glove. Come on, you're supposed to be on my hand. 
Why aren't you in my hand? Go ahead and just go ahead and be in my hand. Right? Everybody knows it's stupid, right? This is not going to happen. The glove is not going to just automatically jump on your hand. But then some of us do this. Maybe I could just get around other gloves. Right? And being around other gloves, different colored gloves and all that stuff. Maybe when, when I put the glove around other gloves, then the glove is going to do what it's supposed to do. Right? But how do you know? That's stupid too, right? Because you, you can put it. A thousand gloves around the gloves, your hand is still not going to go in there because it's just not going to happen, right? And then some of us, you know, spiritual people, you try to put a Bible on top of the glove, right? Maybe if I put a Bible on top of the glove, open it whenever I feel like it, right? Every once in a great while when I get bored, take the dust off, let me put the Bible on that. Maybe when I put the Bible on top of the glove, then the glove is, is going to be used, right? You know, I'm going to be able to use the glove check my hands and all that stuff. And then maybe sometimes you'll be like, you know, maybe I should just throw away the glove because what I, everything I'm trying to do, the glove is not doing what the glove is supposed to do. But the truth is, the only way the glove works is when you, when you put your hand in it. Right? The glove is not going to work until you allow a hand to go in it. Now, the glove is going to do what it was designed to do. Now the glove is going to fulfill his purpose. The same thing is true with God. The only way that you and I are going to fulfill what we were designed to do, the only way that we are going to do what God purposed for us to do is when we allow Jesus Christ to come inside of our lives and begin to do everything he designed for you to do even before you were born. Can somebody say amen? amen? It all starts with God. Everybody say that. It all starts with God. Being around the right people won't lead you to your purpose. Being, or being told what to do won't lead you to purpose. Being trained won't lead you to purpose. The only way that you are going to find your purpose is by being Christ to be in you. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Number three, can direct your life. Watch this. Many people find and are driven by guilt. Have you ever met somebody like that? They're just driven by guilt. People that are driven by guilt are tormented by bad memories. They're tormented. And this is when begin this is when depression begins to set in. And it also begins to make you think things that you never thought you would think. Why? Because this person is driven by guilt. Other people are driven by resentment and anger. Do you know what resentment is? Resentment is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, it is inward anger. Watch this, many people hold on to anger and resentment because they refuse to forgive. They refuse to forgive. And what begins to happen when we, we, we refuse to forgive is that we put ourselves in a prison and lock the door and all the while, we have the keys to get out. That is unforgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't hurt the other person. Forgiveness hurts us. Unforgiveness, I should say. 
Unforgiveness does not hurt the other person. Unforgiveness hurts us. We are in a cell that we built for ourselves. We locked the gate and we hold on to the key. That's how powerful unforgiveness is. Another illustration of that is unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That is unforgiveness. You are drinking poison and you are expecting the other person to die. Look what Job chapter 5 verse 2 says. To worry yourself to death with resentment will be foolish. A foolish, sin, uh, a foolish thing to do. Amen? The other thing, many people are driven by fear. Other people are driven by materialism. Can I tell you something? The more stuff you buy, it's not going to make you happier. Because watch this. The more stuff you buy, the more stuff you what? Want to buy. Ain't that the truth? Right? You could buy a house. Guess what you want? You want another house. When you buy a car, guess what you want? You want another car. But can I tell you something? When you find God's purpose for your life, you begin to find that fulfillment inside of you that a car and that a house and that a friend and that a marriage and that kids can never give you. Can never give you. Many people are driven by approval. Have, have you ever met somebody like that? They are so driven by approval and they're so worried about what everybody is thinking about them. What if they think of me like that? What if I do this? What if they think this? If I come like this, dressed like this, what if they think about that? We're so, we're, we're so worried. I'm, I'm the same way sometimes. Everybody, everybody has this problem. We all have a sense that we want some approval. But can I tell you something at the end of the day? It doesn't even matter. The only approval that matters is that of God. Who cares? If you mess up, ask for forgiveness. If they don't accept it, who cares? I mean, you're going to care for a little bit. But at the end of the day, if you did your part, God approves of you. Can somebody say amen? Watch this. When people are driven by God's purpose, you begin to have meaning for your life. You begin to have a vision for your life. Your own vision. Because how many know so many times we may try to have somebody else's vision for our lives? Here's my, my, my daughter's glasses. Aren't they cute? They're pink and purple. And watch this. She, we bought her some glasses, right? These are very, these are pretty expensive. With the insurance, we got a little bit of a discount, but they still, they're still expensive. Everybody that wears glasses knows how expensive glasses can be. Watch this. We went to a, a, another place, and she fell in love with some glasses. And do you think those glasses were more expensive? No. They were cheaper. And yet she didn't care. Why? Because they were clear. And she wants so many people to think that she's not wearing glasses because they're clear. And watch this. They're clear, but they're bigger. And so I could tell more that she's wearing the glasses. <laughs> Dumb. Don't tell her that, though. She could probably hear me anyways. Anyways, these are her glasses. These are the more expensive ones. So I'm going to put them on. And hopefully my wife won't kill me because I could break them. Anyways, so I put these glasses on, right? I don't wear glasses. I have 20-20 vision. 
Haters don't hate, okay? I got perfect vision, right? I look stupid right now, right? Right now, I can't even see my notes. Absolutely blurry. I can't see you. This bright light is not helping me at all. And so, and the reason why I can't see is because I'm using somebody else's glasses. And I am looking through their eyes, and I'm basically looking through Harmony's vision. Right? And so, that's what happens in life. What happens in life is like, man, I want to be like that person. And so you put on their glasses, and you're wondering why you're stumbling around in life, and you can't see right. Because it's not your vision. It's not what God has called you to do. It's not your purpose. And so you're tripping, and you're saying, God, why am I tripping everywhere? I'm passionate about this. And he's saying, but I know you're passionate about it, but not everything you're passionate about means that that's what I called you to do. That doesn't mean that it's your purpose. And so some of us, you know, spiritual people, we look at another preacher and we start to try to be like that preacher and so the reason why you can't preach like him is because you're not called to be him you're called to be you and the reason why you look at another business person you want to be like them and all that stuff and that's great you could take tips and you can get ideas but you got to use your own glasses everybody say use your own glasses and when, when you begin to use the glasses or the vision or the purpose that God has planned for your life, what begins to happen is that everything begins to clear up. Everything gets into focus. Which is my next point. Because when you find out what God's purpose is for your life, you live a focused life. You live a focused life. The people in history who made the most impact are those that were most focused. The people that made the most impact, I don't care in what field, church field, uh, religious field, uh, organization, no matter what it is, those people that made the most impact, made the most money, changed the most lives, were those that were the most focused. And the only way you're going to find your focus and live a focused life it's when you find your purpose. And you know what happens when you begin to find your purpose? And you begin to get focused? It begins to motivate you. You know that anxiety and the depression and the fear of unknown that begins to dissipate. Why? Because now you know what you are here for. Every single one of you have a purpose. Every single one of you have a design for your life. Every single one of you have a spiritual gift that God wants to use. And when you begin to use it, my friend, nothing will motivate you more than when you're fulfilling your purpose. Purpose always, always produces passion. Purpose always produces passion, that the same is true when you don't have it, when you don't know your purpose, when you don't know the reason for living, when you don't know why you're here, you will not have passion. You will search for it everywhere, and you won't find it. Why? Because you are purposeless. Watch this. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says this. 
Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. And then Katara Katara can come up and then begin to, to play a little bit. Again, I'm going to read this again. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. What does that mean? How many have ever been in handcuffs? Some people have been in handcuffs, like toy handcuffs, right? I was trying to buy some toy handcuffs, and you'd be surprised, couldn't find them nowhere. I went to Target, I went to Walmart, I even went to Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree got the fake ones, weren't there. So, anyways, handcuffs, right? What is the purpose of handcuffs? To restrain you, right? To control you. And if, you, if you're really crazy, uh, the cops will put a handcuff here and then put, put you in, in a place where you can't move at all. Put it on a pole, put it in a car, you can't move nowhere. Right? The Bible says this, that when you don't have vision, you don't have restraints. That means your life runs wild. It goes all over the place. And that's the truth about the purposes of God upon your life. When you don't know the purpose of God upon your life, you go everywhere. So you start thinking, if I have kids, then I'm going to be fulfilled. I'm going to find my purpose in being a dad. I'm going to find my purpose in being a mom. But everybody knows that have kids, that doesn't happen. Right? And some of you wait for the grandkids. And when the grandkids come, it don't happen either. Then what happens? You're single. You're like, man, if I find my husband, if I find my wife, then I'm going to be real happy. Until five years into the marriage, you want to choke him, right? And then you want to leave the house, not because you want to go on a run, it's because you want peace of mind. Nobody ever goes through that here, but some people do, right? So then, all of a sudden, in your marriage that you thought you were going to find your purpose and happiness in, not that it's not possible, but you won't find ultimate fulfillment in a marriage, right? And then some of us, we go back to school. Nothing's wrong with school. I'm in school, right? But some of us think that going back to school, that God automatically is going to help you find your purpose. And you might find talents, and you might find skills, and you might find your passion, but that doesn't mean going to school is going to help you find your purpose. Because the only way you're going to find your purpose is when you find God and you live for Him. And guess what begins to happen when you find your purpose? You live a restrained life. Right? You won't go to certain places because you know that's not part of my purpose. You won't go around certain people because I know my purpose does not involve these kind of people. Because somebody say amen. You won't do things because you know that that is not going to help you fulfill your purpose. Can somebody say, I want to help you. I, I have like such a burden to communicate this to you and those people watching that are not even going to make it. You have a purpose. You have a gifting. So many of us, we sit at home wondering, what is my next thing? My, my friend, the minute you find out what your purpose is, it won't be a question, what is my next thing? 
you will absolutely know what that next thing is because it would align with your purpose. It would align with your purpose. Being inside of this church right now, that's the purpose of God for your life. That's God's will for your life, serving within this church. And trust me, we need so much help. Because we're, we're, we're reaching people that we just need help to reach them. Even with the smallest thing, moving a chair, opening a door, scanning somebody's head. Believe it or not, that's the will of God right now for your life. That's simple. That's simple. And when you begin to do the little things, the Bible says, God will give you more. In other words, if you want to find out the big purpose for your, for your life, if you want to find out the big will of your life, you have to do the little things that are the will of God. Come in a church, serving within the church. Come in a small group, praying. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Let me just be so frank with you. Prayer is not the easiest thing for me. I pray every single day, but it's not easy. I know you think it is, because I'm a pastor, but it's not. It's not even easy for me to read the Bible. Right? There's times where I feel like skip, but you know what makes me do it? Because I, when I force myself, God speaks to me every single time. Whenever I have fear and I get into the presence of God on my own, fear begins to leave. Worry begins to leave. When I'm confused about certain things, everything begins to get cleared up. And sometimes when that doesn't even work, when I come to his house, that's simple, my friends. It really is. Finding your purpose is a game changer. Let's all stand tonight. I want to pray for you. So tonight, even for those that are watching live, you may be saying, man, what I'm missing is the purpose of God for my life. That's why I'm running around doing all types of crazy stuff. And that's why I don't have focus in my life. That's why I'm not motivated, you know? That's you, with every, every eyes closed, every head bowed. That's you, and you wanna say, hey pastor, I wanna find my purpose. And I'm willing to do those little things to find my purpose. Little by little. Little by little. Baby steps. If you're willing to take those baby steps, I want you to lift up your hands and God, I want to find my purpose. I want to find my purpose. I want to do the will of God for you. Father, I pray right now for every single purpose, every single person that is looking for purpose. I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you will begin to speak inside of their lives. That you will begin to touch their lives right now, God. God, for those that are watching online right now, Lord Jesus. And some of you are watching and you might be hurt by somebody. And maybe that detoured you from your purpose. Ultimately, it is God that calls you. And God... The first thing that he calls, he calls us to forgive. God, I pray right now, God, that if anger or resentment is in with, within our hearts, if that is driving our decisions, I pray that you will remove that so that you can give people a clear vision on what you want them to do. 
Father, I pray right now that you would touch every single person in this place. I pray this in Jesus' name. We all said, Amen. 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 Come on, give Jesus some praise. Amen. Right after the service, if you're new here, um, this is the VIP area. We got a free gift for you. Uh, tonight is going to be a little bit different. We're actually going to be watching the Super Bowl that's going to be starting in a few minutes. And so we're going to be projecting it on the screen. We are going to go ahead and get some food um, right between uh, this session. And so if you're planning on staying, feel free to stay. If you already have plans, no worries, feel free to go. Um, but other than that, God bless you guys. Remember that the next gathering is March 28th. That is launch Sunday. Please invite somebody. And if you want to meet up with us sooner, this Wednesday here at this location, we have our unions. Other than that, God bless you guys. Love you guys. And look forward to seeing you guys soon. God bless.